Is Africa ready to harness emerging health technologies to solve its burden of disease? Are you aware that emerging health technologies such as gene drives for malaria control, monoclonal antibodies, drones, and artificial intelligence are currently in development across the continent? The Platform for Dialogue and Action on Health Technologies in Africa, also known as the Health Tech Platform, works to see that African voices are heard in the development of these technologies to best suit our local context and needs. The platform brings together stakeholders working in health, including policymakers, researchers, and civil society actors to further public discourse around the development of emerging health technologies. This platform is managed by the African Institute for Development Policy, AFIDEP. Welcome to the Health Tech Africa podcast. My name is Pauline Soy, and I manage communications for the Health Tech platform. In this first five-part series of the podcast, we are speaking to experts to help shed more light on these emerging health technologies, their development, and the corresponding need for regulation and governance on the continent. Have you heard of gene drives for malaria control and elimination, or the use of drones for healthcare delivery? In this episode, Professor Richard Mukabana, Project Director of the Health Tech Platform, takes us through the various emerging technologies that may revolutionize healthcare as we know it. Welcome, Professor Mukabana. Thank you. So do you have a standard definition of emerging health technologies? Let me begin with defining the term emerging technology. An emerging technology, simply put, is a new technology, or it's an existing technology which is undergoing continuous development. So as you keep using it, before it matures into what it's supposed to be, we can say that that's an emerging technology. If it's for use in health, then we can call it an emerging health technology. That is the standard definition. So based on this definition, what are some of te the technologies that you consider as emerging? So we are living in a new world today and there are many developments in research. There are many tools that are being developed. And um, if I look at some of the technologies which have some advantage towards Africa's development, we have um, the use of gene drive mosquitoes for malaria control. We have drones, we have um, artificial intelligence, microgrids, even gene editing, although that's also like the bigger subject of gene drives. It seems that the keyword is emerging and then being new and their potential for revolutionizing healthcare in Africa. So what is the current stage of development of these technologies? So first of all, in the African context, the, these new technologies are being championed by the African Union. So in 2016, NEPAD, which is the new Partnership for Africa's Development, was asked by the AU to tap into expert advice on which kind of technologies will be useful in uh, steering economic growth in Africa. And so, so the experts have been called in. There are about um, 10 experts in what we call the APET, the African Union Expert Panel on Emerging Technologies. They are going technology by technology. They have already worked on these technologies in detail. 
and produce dossiers, especially the one on gene drives that is out there. We do have the one on microgrids, and we do have one already on drones. So these are open source information, you can get them online. And uh, they are all in different stages of development. But maybe let me begin with, um, with drones. Drones are not an African technology, but they are already on the market. They have a lot of application for the kind of things we do in Africa in a very hard way. But they do use a bit of artificial intelligence for them to work for us. So, for example, in Africa, you can use a drone to deliver medical supplies. It could be the medicines, it could be even just a diagnostic tool, or even supplies within some kind of distances. Because all, most of our health facilities are also in very hard to reach areas. So you have to go sometimes through very difficult terrain to get there. So these are ready for use. Some countries are using them. There are different levels. But the key thing with the drones is that uh, is the artificial intelligence component which is uh, built into them. And artificial intelligence, maybe very briefly, is a branch of, of computer science, which is about smart use of computers to do things that generally human intelligence is the one that does it. So drones are here. It's for us to take and use them. I think there's no other development that I think we should be thinking about use of drones beyond the already inbuilt artificial intelligence. Microgrids, maybe I should try to explain what they are to begin with. So normally, for many African countries, if you want to generate electricity, you can, you can go to a river, make a dam around it, manufacture your power, and uh, send it across the whole country. So those through the grids. But then in some areas where there's no electricity from the national grid, you can put up, for example, um, a wind turbine to make electricity and supply a very local area, maybe to a health facility, to help with deliveries and other problems in the wards at night, or just even for lighting because of security. So these ones are already in Africa. They haven't been used for health per se because they are general purpose but health would be one of the application areas. In one study where I was involved, we have used this kind of system to trap mosquitoes, what we called mosquito mass trapping, and we were able to reduce transmission of the disease, malaria, by about 30% on an island in Kenya. So the applications are very varied. I think you can tailor make them for what you, you want to do. So these are also ready to go. Perhaps the most interesting is the creation of mosquitoes we call gene drive mosquitoes. This is an interesting technology. It is made in the north. We're trying to see how it's going to be useful in the south. And already the researchers have targeted mosquitoes that transmit malaria in Africa. We have three main ones. Anopheles gambi is one of those. Anopheles arabiensis and Anopheles fonestas. These mosquitoes already have laboratory-produced variations, which if we handle them in some special scientific ways, will have a dent on malaria. So for example, they have been engineered in a way that even if they take up blood from an infected person, it might be impossible for the parasite to develop within the mosquito. 
And if parasites cannot develop in the mosquito, there will be no transmission. It's a matter of time before we control the disease. In another variation, we have those types of um, gene drives that will kill the offspring of the mosquitoes. So the eggs are laid, but they can't develop. So continuously doing so will lead to either very few or no mosquitoes at all in the environment. Without the vectors in the environment, we expect that over time we will not have malaria. So this technology is still being tried in the labs. We haven't had a single release in the field, uh, not in Africa, not in any part of the world. And we're hoping that the regulators are also preparing the relevant dossier to get the testing of these kind of mosquitoes within the African species. I know that very small lab trials in a little cage have been have taken place with very good results. It was possible to crush populations of these mosquitoes in a little cage, even when the cage was put outside and made a bit bigger. So the next phase would be to do um, some confined trials. You know, we call those kind of facilities, arthropod containment level two facilities. Those can be used for those trials before we do what we would call a confined field release. So you go maybe on an island or in a desert, an oasis area, release there and kill that local mosquito population. The most difficult thing with this technology would be the free field testing. Up to this moment, there is no single African country that has allowed free release of these mosquitoes. In terms of time, it might take us another, say, 10 years before we see this technology on the shelves for our ministers of health to use it. So they're all in very different stages of development. Um, yeah, so things like gene editing, that technology has been reviewed by the African Union and it has got a very big promise. Personally, I think that gene editing holds the promise for solving a lot of African health problems, and I think it's going to bring about a revolution. That's, that's really my thinking. We have a few labs in Africa that are looking at gene editing more broadly. We have a lab at the University of Witwatersrand in South Africa, and there's a center in Uganda called the Joint Clinical Research Center, which is beginning to work with this technology. So in Africa, gene editing is at its infancy. You know, not much is going on, but if you look over the horizon around the world, you see that a lot is happening, especially in research, and we hope that it's a matter of time before we have products out here. We have seen a publication where there is a therapy for hemophilia based on gene editing that costs 3.5 million US dollars. So expensive now, but maybe over time, it will be cheaper and cheaper for Africans to access the technology. Professor, it seems that there's a lot of exciting work on research and development going on in the continent, all in efforts to alleviate disease. Which of these technologies shows the most promise? So this is a difficult question. These technologies are trying to solve different things. My bias is to tell you that the, the gene drive shows a lot of promise. The bias is because of some experience that I have from earlier stages of development of this technology. So initially we had what we call the sterile insect technique, 
So we sterilized insects, released them to control disease. They worked very well. If you go to the Western countries, they still use that um, technology today for disease control in crops, you know, and even in animal diseases. If I see where the technology was at that time, and I see the developments right now, I think that we are looking at a very bright future in terms of disease control. Maybe to give you an example, in Libya, which is in North Africa, there was a very big problem with the, the screw-on fly, which we call cochleomyia or minivorax. Using an earlier version of this technology, the SIT, we were able to clear that disease in 1977, and up to that, there's nothing that has been seen in that part of the world. So that is really a landmark in that technology, despite that we did not have all the complication that is there today. So I think there's very big promise there. And one of the most exciting things about this technology, the gene-drive mosquitoes, is that I will no longer look for a mosquito wherever it stays so that I can spray insecticide. I will instead release a mosquito look, to look for its fellow mosquito and kill it. And that really means that we are in a very different stage of thinking and a different stage of doing things. Put differently, it's only a mosquito which knows where another mosquito is. So it's easier for them to search for themselves and kill each other. That's really interesting, Professor. It's only a mosquito that knows where the other mosquito is. You mentioned that there's some work going on in countries in Africa. Which countries specifically works that are ongoing on emerging health technologies? You can mention a few technologies of uh, priority. Well, first of all, these technologies are based on who, which African countries working with what other groups around the continent and internationally. For gene-drive mosquitoes, we now have many countries working on this technology in different aspects of the technology, but top on the list is Burkina Faso. You know, we also have Uganda, we have Tanzania, we have um, Sao Tome and Principe. So those four countries work on the technology. We also have work going on in Ghana, but looking at the ecological aspects of these insects. We have work going on in Mali that mainly focuses on um, capacity building. We did have work going on in Cape Verde, but Cape Verde has been classified as malaria-free, and I think the work in that place will stop. So the, there's a lot going on in many countries. In Kenya, what we're doing is mainly advocacy. We're trying to make people understand the technology and take proper judgment on whether it's a go or no-go area for them. Thank you so much, Professor Mukabana, for your illuminating insights and for being here for this podcast. Thank you. The Health Tech platform promotes and facilitates informed, objective, transparent and balanced discussions on the development and use of emerging health technologies, which have the potential to change the trajectory of disease and ill health in Africa if well developed and tested. To find out more, visit www.healthtechafrica.org.